We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, but that's not all of our guests. We are gonna have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number six. I'm Amy Gayhart, and I am joined by my main squeeze, Johnny G. So, Amy G., this episode airs square in the middle of spring break. Mm. What do you think we're dealing with right now? It's Wednesday of spring break week when this goes. What are, what are we dealing with right now? We're dealing with we've driven 787 miles and we haven't gone anywhere. Driving nowhere fast. Driving nowhere fast. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of early mornings, a lot of driving, a lot of changing of the guards. Yep. And a lot of just keeping Mabry busy. Spring break is so hard at our house. I try. The thing is, is I've got some news to break to you Mm. about spring break week. What's that? I think I'm going to be gone all week. Uh Uh-huh. This is usually what happens, folks. This is, he sees it. He's had it circled on the calendar for some time. I'm pretty sure there's a rubber emergency somewhere. (laughs) I got your rubber emergency. I got your rubber emergency. I'll take care of that. No, spring break will look like a really, really hard week for Amy. And I'll come home on the days when I'm in town, which are going to be most days. Yes. I'll come home for a few hours during the day to give a little bit of a break. But you definitely take the brunt. Yeah. It is what it is. We make it through. We'll be fine. All right. So this week's episode is fun. It is. So you guys, this is um, on every sixth episode. So the sixth episode and the twelfth. Y'all know how to do math. But anyways, we're doing an episode with just John and I, and it's called Here's the Skinny. So we've been asking for listeners to send us questions. They could ask us anything. It could be funny. It could be serious. It could be about special needs. It could not be about special needs. And my gosh, we got a lot of questions. A lot of questions and really good ones. Really good. Yeah. Who cares that much about us? I didn't know. <laughs> we're, about to, we're about to find out some stuff. Who knows? So we've got a question and answer series. And we've got some fun questions. Don't yes. worry. Um, before we get to it. Let's give a shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. We would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Podcorn. Amy and I have seen a huge benefit in using Podcorn as they connect us with other potential podcast sponsors. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host reads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. 
go visit podcorn.com or click the link in the show notes of this episode to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. So for the question and answer segment, Amy is taking charge. She's got it all organized. She's leading the way. That's me. I'm ready. What I do know, we got a lot of real serious questions and some deep questions, and we look forward to discussing those. But if we do an hour of those, we'll put you to sleep. We'll lose you. We'll lose each other. We'll both fall asleep in here. It'll be boring. Because we're really not that interesting. Correct. Yeah. So this first part, John, you know how I love game shows. (laughs) I do. I do know. That, you know, that is one of those hidden talents I have. Like, I am amazing at game shows. You are really, really good at game shows. And I tell everybody. And board games. And board games, yes. Those are kind of the same thing. I have the random trivia that nobody knows. So, I love game shows. So, this first part is going to be a little twist on... This is the newlywed game. Hey, welcome everybody. And we'll be back in two and two. That's love connection. Oh, I like that. I thought that's what we were playing. That's Chuck Woolery. I thought that's what we were doing. You want to pick another date? That's what love connection did. You already have a love connection, dear. You don't need another one. I confused. Anyway. Okay. So we had some fun fun questions sent to us. And so now what we're going to do is we're going to ask each other questions, but we have to answer how we think the other one would answer. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question and you're going to answer it for me. I, I'm going to answer what I think your answer is. Yes. We both know the questions already. Yep. And we've written down our answers for the other person. There's a lot of pressure. It is. It's fun though, isn't it? <laughs> I can't, if you okay. Say so. If you say so. Wait, I, there's rules of what I have to do if I'm right or wrong. What were they? I have to do what? Run around the na- neighborhood naked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he's in. <laughs> no. If I answer correctly, you go... Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Okay. And if it's wrong, you say, (laughs) guys, those weren't drops. Those were like my real (laughs) voice. For real. You've been practicing. (laughs) I have been. Okay. Question number one, Johnny. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. If I could be cast in a movie of my choice, what movie would I choose and which character would I want to play? I know the answer. 100%. Okay. Let's hear it. 100%. I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, does that shock anybody, America? Any, <laughs> but it's, you would play some, uh, one of the ladies from Steel Magnolias. Ding, 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 yes! ding, ding, yes! <laughs> It's Weezer from Steel Magnolias. I don't know anybody's name or what happens. Oh my gosh. Good job, Johnny. Yes. Okay. So okay. now you're asking me the same question. <laughs> so who... What movie would I be in and what role would I play? You would be in White Men Can't Jump and you'd be Woody Harrelson's character. What? <laughs> I cannot. I, Was that a good guess? No. I, yeah, I love that movie. I do. I love that movie. I am shocked that you didn't get this. I thought that this was the no-brainer out of all of them. I would 100% no-brainer be Danny Zuko. Oh, man. From Greece. I took, you are at, that was just a bonehead move on my part. <laughs> I'm shocked. <sighs> I could sing every word right now. I am so mad that I'm losing. I'm Well, I'm mad that I'm losing right now. Okay. Because you're up one to nothing. But man, and that, that was easy. 
Man, that hurts my feelings that I missed that. It's been a long week, guys. I've been tired. <laughs> okay, let's move on to question number two. Okay. If I could pick up a certain skill instantly, what would it be? I'm going to give you the correct answer. It might be wrong, but then you're going <laughs> to say that I'm right. It might not be what you have written down. Okay. You would be able to whistle loud with your fingers in your <gasps> mouth. <laughs> but I'm Okay. Right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I want to be able to put my fingers in my mouth and do a loud, what I call a country whistle. Yeah. Call somebody like from across the neighborhood. Yes. Like a woo woo. But mine, I put down singing. Okay. I had singing for you, but then I thought whistle loud was. That's true. Trump that. Okay. So if I think that you could pick up a skill instantly, I would think you would pick hip hop dancing. That was second. Mine is singing. You already can sing. No, no, no. But I mean, like, sang. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I, that's what I do for a living. Okay, hold on. Well, but hip hop dancing? I would love to do that. So, do we both get half a point? I think so. I think that's right. Does it even matter? It doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Question number three If I wrote an autobiography, what would the title of it be? The title of. The b- <laughs> Why are you laughing? The title of your book would be called I Like Me Best by, <laughs> by Amy Gayhart. <laughs> that is a classic title and perfect, but... <clears throat> what is it? The title of my book would be Work Hard, Nap Harder by Amy Gayhart. Yeah, that's a good one. That, yeah. that would be a good title for you. Okay. But I do like I Like Me Best. <laughs> Dang it. Now. What's, what's the title of my autobiography? The title of your. So I wrote down an answer. And right before when we sat down to record, oh. I changed the answer. Oh, boy. So the first one that I wrote down would be one of your famous phrases. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Yep. Okay. But I just changed it to I need to pee. <laughs> I say that a lot. You do. You say it all the time. I need to pee by John Gayhart. (laughs) (laughs) And was I right? No. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) My my autobiography would be called Sell Something. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Okay. If I were a wrestler... What would be my intro music? Your intro music. This is really hard. Really hard. I picked Crazy. By Patsy Cline? Yeah, by Patsy Cline. How's that going to get you pumped up? I don't know. But it was what I could came up with. Because first off, you, you, if you're wrestling, you are cra- You got a little crazy in you. Like, yeah. I thought it could be. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't have I a good I do yes. love that song. Yeah. But okay. it is Push It by Salt and Papa. Mm-hmm. Salt and Papa. Yeah. Okay. What would my walk-in song be? I guessed Eye of the Tiger. What? That's a good one, though. I didn't think of that. But it's clearly (laughs) bringing sexy back. Clearly. I mean. You've done a sales presentation. I have done a sales. That's kind of my theme song. Okay. But not because I think I'm bringing sexy back, but because it's JT and it's it's funny. Yes. And I like it. I like it. Okay, our final question in the newlywed game. We're both going to get this right, by the way. Yeah, because I'm 
I'm losing and I'm not happy about it. Well, you're going to lose because we're going to tie this one. Okay. If I had to sing a karaoke song, what would I pick? We do karaoke. We do. And we always pick the same songs. Mm. So I know. And okay, you know. bring it. You're going to pick nothing but a G thing. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yes. That is correct. And, and I'm will... going to pick. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Ding, 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 ding. Those are the karaoke <laughs> classics. And we will get a standing ovation. <laughs> Especially Amy. We will bring the house down. <laughs> All right. That was fun. And I win. So it's extra fun. Well, it's questionable. Okay, so now we got real questions? Yeah, yeah. So, guys, thanks so much for sending in these questions. There is no way we're going to be able to get to all of them in this episode. Our first question is kind of a two-parter, okay? So I combined them into one question. I'm going to let you take this one. Okay. Okay? It says, what does Mabry do at home or after school? What does her free time look like? And what do our evenings look like to describe our family dynamics? So her free time, what her choice is going to be will always be to be riding in something. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be one of our cars, a golf cart, her and I go for a run. Her first choice for her free time will always be riding. Yes. But we fight that because we don't always want to be riding because that means we always have to be driving or running or whatever we're doing. And more times than not, we're split up in that. Yep. So we have to tag team that. That's right. That's, that is a lot of our weekends is yep. tag teaming stuff. And so we try not to have her on the go all the time. One of the reasons is because it means we can't be together. Right. Because, so it, se- it separates our family usually when she's riding in whatever she's riding. We're normally not doing it as a family. And so we try to really manage with her. Okay, in an hour, we're going to go for a ride or we're going to go for a run or whatever it is. But until that hour, we're going to sit here and chill mm-hmm. because those are her two options are go for a ride or sit right here and chill. There's no such thing as going outside and playing with a friend. There's no outside, no such thing as going and really doing anything. Those are her two things. So when she's sitting there chilling, she is on her iPad is, is pretty much it. So she also likes to color. Mm-hmm. Um, so she can fill up a coloring book with some markers. Mm-hmm. She likes to do that. Um, she loves to play ball with her brothers. Mm-hmm. So if we can talk them into playing ball with her, you know, that's good. And playing ball is sitting in the kitchen. Rolling a ball. Rolling a ball back and forth yes. from the ground. Now, she does love to be outside playing basketball and stuff like that. But again, that's hard because she's going to run off any chance she gets. Mm-hmm. And so... It has to be a pretty special occasion if we're going to take that on. Um, But yeah, she does like to color. She loves to sort things. Um, But yeah, really music and little short videos would be her main go-to. Yeah. In our evenings, Mabry um, falls asleep pretty early. Yep. Um, So we do kind of have a little break in there somewhere. Yeah, in our weeknight evenings, evenings like during school... We know that when she gets home from school at 4.30, we've really only got to manage about an hour and a half mm-hmm. before she's going to chill out herself. Yeah. So for that hour and a half, we're either taking her for a ride or convincing her that we don't need to go for a ride. But once that 6... Or having dinner. Or having dinner, yeah. Once that 6.30 or 7 o'clock rolls around, our evenings get really easy because that's when she puts herself... That's when she gets easy. Right, right. Good. 
Good yeah, question. That was Thank a good you. question. Okay, so I am going to go ahead and ask the second question, and I'll answer it. Okay. How was it having other children after having your first have special needs? So in reality, I was already pregnant with Jack when we really started getting a diagnosis um, for Mabry with the seizures and all of that. And so <laughs> we, you know, obviously God already had that plan because I was a little hesitant after Jack was born to have another. Um, that's why there's five years between Jack and Slater and deciding to have Slater, you know, our family just didn't feel complete and we wanted to have a third and Jack was old enough at that point to where he could help out. He was in kindergarten. Um, and so it was time. And I think I remember, I kind of always told you that I would like to have three kids. Mm -hmm. And you kind of said, well, let's, let's have two and then decide. Yeah. And once we had two, I mean, we went through a while where it, we were just overwhelmed. We couldn't even think about another kid because we were going through all the early stuff with Mabry. And then it, and then it really hit us to where, yeah, we have two. But like you said, I mean, we, the idea was maybe have two or three and and, you know, Mabry, we didn't know Mabry was going to be how she was. And so just having Mabry and Jack, like you said, just didn't feel complete. So that third one absolutely completed us. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then some. The verdict's still out on that one. No, I'm totally teasing. He, God knew exactly what he was doing. That mm -hmm. is for sure. Hey, John, here is a question for you. This question says, John talked about small talk. And when the com on our last episode, yep. um, when it was crosstalk with us, John talked about small talk. And when the conversation has no choice but to go to Mabry's diagnosis, John mentioned some people say, oh, I'm so sorry. This listener said, I would never respond with I'm sorry. But what is an appropriate or re appreciated response? An appreciated response from somebody who's really wanting to talk about it would be something along the lines of tell me what that's like, mm -hmm. you know, tell me about her. Mm -hmm. What I, you know, a lot of people know somebody on the autism spectrum. So, Hey, I've met a couple people on the autism spectrum. What is, what is Mabry like? Yeah. What does she dislike? Those types of questions. And it's not even that there's an appropriate question or an inappropriate question, but if the question is what's appreciated, that's, that is the most right. like, tell me what that is like. And, and any kind of genuine question that, um, you know, gives you that feeling like, man, somebody really cares and really wants to know the story. And it's not a pity thing. And it's not a anything is different. Mm -hmm. It's a, man, let me learn a little bit more about that. Mm, yeah. Any any response yeah. like that is appreciated. But even like when they say, oh, do they play sports? Or, oh, do, you know, getting ready for college. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So then after we tell you this, be like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, what does she like to do? Mm -hmm. What does Mabry like to do? What do? You know, you could say, what do your weekends look like? You know, something like that. You're right. Along the same lines of just treating her as a person. Yeah. And not as a disability. And, and it's not necessarily even appropriate because... Somebody, you know, the questions that lead up to that point are pretty standard questions that they probably ask a new person that they meet twice a week. Oh, do you have kids? Yeah. Okay. Their plans are to go to college. Those are all easy. We're trained for those questions. Yeah. But a question in a split second response of, oh, well, tell me what that means for your family. 
you're not trained for that. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to come up with that pretty quick. So it's not even that that's accepted or uh, appropriate. But th- those are the responses that are appreciated. What I think what is appropriate is to not turn the conversation then awkward or weird or change anything, but it becomes a new conversation. And also too, I would think like, don't make it a pity party. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. like, because it, it's not. Right. It's not. Yeah. All right. Okay. So question number four, what have been your biggest perception and belief shifts regarding the disability community and what brought on those changes? And you touched on this a little bit, um, gosh, a couple episodes ago um, when you talked about how, and you weren't proud of it, but that you would judge families who would medicate their kids or put them in a group home or place them in a state school or something like that. And we've really, I think, not necessarily just in having Mabry, but also through Blue Sky and through the Abled Movement and through Miracle League and Special Olympics, we've gotten to know so many families. And I think my big shift is knowing how different every single situation is. And not only is just the disability different, but each family dynamic is different. And so there could be someone exactly like Mabry, but has a completely different family dynamic, which warranted her being in a group home. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And and removing the judgment from that. Yeah. Um, as we get to know families that are dealing with all different types of situations, whether it's financial, whether it's single parent, whether it's, you know, you know, no support group, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that that's the biggest perception that's changed for me is a family that has a child with Down syndrome doesn't look the same as the other families that have a child with Down syndrome. A household with a child with autism or cerebral palsy or you name it, there it's not a cookie cutter thing. They all look different. And it, just because of the dynamics that, that you're talking about. And, and all, all families are different. Yes. But you, um, you can start to draw some conclusions about how families have similarities. And when it comes to families with special needs, there aren't those conclusions other than it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be hard, it's but it's hard. hard in different ways for yep. everybody. And at, I would say also for me, you know, when I would see a nonprofit before Mabry and before I got involved with Blue Sky, you know, say they were you know, had a cafe or something like that, I'd be like, oh, isn't that sweet? You know, and oh, you know, like almost like it would be a pity buy. Mm -hmm. But I, through my work at Blue Sky and seeing what Mabry's capable of doing, like they're capable of so much and their diagnosis isn't the end of the story. Yep. I grew up with Aunt Nancy Mm -hmm. and Aunt Nancy is my mom's sister and she is mentally retarded. And when I say that, when I tell people that now, they're like, you can't say that word. But that when I grew up learning about Aunt Nancy's disability, that were, those were the words described. Mm -hmm. It's not autism. It's something that happened at birth. And that's the only diagnosis that I've ever heard. But I grew up with Aunt Nancy in my life and I watched her all the time I had a perception built up, and I didn't even really know this, of it's 
like the goal is to make make sure that Aunt Nancy is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's in a home. She's fed. She's clothed. She's bathed. Let's make sure that she's well taken care of. What never crossed my mind is the word purpose. Mm-hmm. It never crossed my mind that it's more than making sure she's taken care of. That's right. It's making sure that she's living out her purpose, that she's in a position and an environment where she can where she can succeed, where she can be loved, where she can love back, where people can appreciate her mm-hmm. and and really you know, get Aunt Nancy for what she was made for and built for. And it's not about making sure she's taken care of. Right. Question number five. Yep. Is what can the church do to accommodate those with special needs? Am I taking this one? Go ahead. I've got an answer, but you go ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, first it comes, it comes, I mean, the, the first easy answer is to make sure the parent, there's something set up to where the parents can attend church. So in, in a lot of churches, there's a special needs classroom. Mm-hmm. In some churches, there is a person or a couple of people who are designated to be shadows of a special needs kiddo that is going back to the normal Sunday school or whatever their kids program is in the back. Really, something set up to allow the parents to go sit in church service and be able to be fed the word. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of your top line surface air answer of what a church can do. That's first and foremost. Um, but deeper than that is how does the church come together to care for the family, to support, right. to become the village? Right. Absolutely. And I would think um, when churches realize that that special needs program may not work for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and if they, and if a family chooses like we, Mabry goes into church with us because it, the program just doesn't work for Mabry right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean it won't in two years, you know, and we'd be happy if, if she's all for it in two years, but knowing that it's just not working for us right now and that the family's always right. <laughs> they know what's going on. They know what's going to trigger her. If they say, um, yeah, no, you can't go walk with that person. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like just taking the family's advice. But then also if they choose to bring her in, he or she into the church service, like just do church. Mm -hmm. If there's a meltdown, if they're in, if you have to leave in the middle, okay, like just keep going, keep going and it'll be fine. You know, we don't need it to turn into a circus, you know? our parade as we're walking out or anything like that. Just, and, and we're really blessed with an amazing church who knows Mabry and cheer for us when we finally get her in the church, (laughs) inside the church, um, and help us run strategic covert operations and trying to get her in the church. Um, but I know that a lot of people don't have that. And I, I would say that would be my number one yeah, and if there's listeners here who are leadership of a church, which maybe there are because we got that question, um, I would say that if you see a new family with a child with special needs come into the church, and maybe it's their first time or maybe they've been there a couple of times, know that special needs families are concerned with being a distraction and are concerned with being a burden. And if they feel like they are one, they're not going to feel like they should be there. And so we had pastors very early on, and they don't even have to tell us anymore because we know them so well, but very early on, I remember pastors telling us, 
hey, don't worry if Mabry screams out. Don't worry if she gets up and walks down the aisle. Don't worry if she gets loose and comes up on the platform. Don't worry. It is not bothering us. We just say she caught the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Y'all just keep moving. And if we, if if you can make those families feel like they're welcome no matter what, mm-hmm. they're going to have a better chance of staying. Absolutely. But you know, you a lot of churches when babies cry, they go to the cry room or something. Mm-hmm. But when a you know when you've got our outbursts or our behaviors or the things that that happen. You know, you don't want to dis- you don't want to be a distraction to the people around. You don't want to be a d- distraction, but at the same time, which is where we kind of are with Mabry right now, she knows how to do things to get out of being in church. Yeah. So knowing that if we're trying to wait it out a little bit, that we're not thinking, <laughs> we can hear her. We know she's a distraction, but just know like we're trying. We know what she's up to. Yep. You know, and so we're trying to either ignore it and maybe work itself out and maybe maybe making her stay five minutes longer just so she's not getting her way in that moment. So just to know, like, we know what we're doing. Yep. <laughs> okay. Question number six. How and who provides you with respite breaks? You want me to take this one? You take it. So we are very fortunate. We've mentioned before that we have a really supportive village. Um, When John was traveling a lot and I was kind of in the throes of being a stay-at-home mom and just hands full, um, we actually added on to our house and had my parents move up with us. Um, They were retirement age and... We had the space to do it, and so we did it. Um, And for many, many, it's just been a really nice situation. Um, You know, Mabry's getting bigger and getting stronger, so that the amount of time that they can stay with her is getting smaller, and it's going to continue to get smaller. But even if I need to go to Blue Sky for a couple hours, like, they can handle that totally. Um, they can get Mabry to bed for us and they can help change her and feed her and, you know, all of the stuff they need to do. Um, that's how we go on vacations. But here recently, if we were to go to, if John and I were to leave to go on a vacation, we would have, we would pay somebody to come in to stay with Mabry. And we have just fantastic people for that. Um, and they're out there. And once you find somebody, here's my tip. Okay. Pay them well, and they'll come back. Because mm-hmm. it's hard work. It's yep. hard work. And so they, they need to be paid well and appreciated, and they'll come back. Yeah, and and we reached kind of a new level with high school sports with Jack. Yes. Now his sporting events are during the week, in the evening. And Mabry used to go to Jack's sporting events. Like his whole life, she has gone and been in the stands. And in the last year, she has refused to go to any football stadium or basketball arena. Well, we all want to go, of course, support Jack. And Amy's parents, Jack's grandparents, also want to be there. And so then what that means is you have your paid help, Mm -hmm. your people that you pay to come sit with Mabes. And Jack's games just get really expensive for us. They do. But, but it's an investment that we that we make because we we want to support Jack and we want Jack's grandparents who want to be there supporting. We want all the support we can get. It just means it gets expensive, and that's part of it. 
Um, and we can give you one tip that we learned. The best help that you, the first resource that you should look to find help is teacher's aides. That's right. Because That's right. they already have a heart for special needs. Otherwise, they wouldn't have that as a job. And they know your kid. And they know the behaviors and they know the ins and outs, the goods and bads. And they're just amazing. They're just the best. Absolutely the best. Okay, Johnny, this one's to you. It says, I love your playful marriage. I bet you have to work at it. Have you been to counseling? Any tips? We have not been to counseling. No. But we should. This is the first I'm hearing about it. <laughs> no. Just I, kidding. No, I, I think that anybody who has a driver's license should go to counseling. Yeah. We strongly believe in counseling. Mm -hmm. We believe that we should go individually. We believe that we should go as a couple. And we just don't. And we got no reason, no excuse other than life. It hasn't hit our top of priority list, but we should do it before it hits our top of priority list. Yes. To As, as healthy counseling. So we have not. I can say that um, I get questions a lot about our marriage and whether it's because, uh, you know, people at work know you or, or whatever it might be. Uh, we're just kind of at that, at that season in life where people have. Well, cause we'll be married 20 years this summer. 20 years. It's a big deal. Yep. And people see what, you know, our house looks like and with Mabry and all that. And <clears throat> there was a turning point and I don't know when it was and I don't know why. But I remember saying it to Amy, and and this was when everything clicked for for me, is I said to Amy, hey, at some point, there was no more John, and there was no more Amy. There was only John and Amy, and that's that's it. And, and I do believe that um, God put us together to become one, and he's in the middle. And with that... When you have that knowledge and we have that confidence and that mindset that there, it's only John and Amy, um, it, it shifts. It really shifted for me. And I felt our marriage start to go in a different, uh, a, a, a different trajectory trajectory um, at that point. And that was, that was a long time ago. It that, was. That was a long time ago. Having said that, we do a good job of taking care of ourselves individually and supporting the other one to take care of themselves individually. So it's not that there is no more John and there is no more Amy. There is. We are individuals. We are very independent and we support each other in where we need to be. But it's team, it's team John and Amy. And mm -hmm. that's it. Well, and two, I would say we really like each other. Mm -hmm. You're pretty fun. Yeah. This is where you give me a compliment. You you are a blast. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, so that, and I would say, like, fight for the big things, but let the little things go. Mm -hmm. You got to let them go because everybody's their own person. And he knows, he knows that I'm going to leave my foam Diet Dr. Pepper cups all over this house and he's just going to have to deal. Yep. I'll throw them away if I don't want them there. There you go. There you go. Okay. Question number eight. I am a special education teacher, K through second grade. How can I best serve families the first few years of school? This is probably best if I answer this one. But before you answer, yeah. I just got to say something. Yeah. I got to say thank you. Yeah. Because I'll, I can't say this enough. You've heard me say it over and over. The people that I that I think of the most and that I admire the most are special needs siblings 
and people who work with special needs as their vocation because they choose to do that because they've got a heart. So That's right. thank you. Right. Um, so I would say just to be very um, aware of the fact of what these families are grieving at the time and to be careful with your words. I think that would be like my number one thing and how you can help support families in like, you know, don't say, hey, I think your daughter has autism. You know, maybe it's more like, hey, you know, um, well, first of all, I always believe in two really nice things before you say something bad. So two good things for every one bad thing you have to say. Um, because every kid has two good things you can say about them, you know? And so if, (laughs) and I always say that first day of school, John, what happens? My phone rang Mm -hmm. and this was, this happened, um, up until probably seventh or eighth grade, um, I think is when it kind of started fading away. Um, and this is, you know, yes, I met with the teachers before school, Gave all the routines, on and on and on. But every first day of school, my phone would ring and it'd be like, hey, Mabry's doing this. What would you do? And I'm like, I just want to go to bed. (laughs) Like, can you just figure it out for today? And like, maybe let's have a meeting next week or something and let's talk about it. Um, But I would just not bombard the parents, like let them ease into the school year. Because they've had a really long summer, mm-hmm. a really long summer, yeah. And, and they're and they're going to give you all the information they have to give you. <laughs> like we don't, if we had any magic tips, like I promise we would tell you. <laughs> and that age, kindergarten through second grade, you're still dealing with your, as you mentioned, you're dealing with serious grieving. You're probably dealing with a lot of denial. Mm-hmm. And depending on the diagnosis, in early years of diagnosis, there is still a lot of hope. And that's a difficult thing to balance because when you have hope, you want to set, you want to communicate well with the parents in a way that doesn't kill their hope, but where you're trying to still put their child in a place to succeed. And so you're going to have denial that you have to deal with as a teacher at that age, because, and, and we still see it. We see, still see it even in adults sometimes where, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to behaviors, mm-hmm. Oh, well this triggered them. This other kid triggered them. This thing that you have hanging in the room triggered them. And it's probably likely that nothing triggered them. They just had a behavior because these kids have behaviors and it's nothing that the teacher did wrong but the parent is trying to look for a reason that's not their kid. Right. Well, and it could be something. And the thing is, it could have been something that happened yesterday. Yeah. You know, so being able to pinpoint something is difficult. Yeah. But I would just say tread lightly. Like, be, their hearts are hurting. They're grieving. And you're right, John. They're probably in, den- some are still in denial. Because mm-hmm. I was for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Not denial so much, but in that fight mode, you know, the early diagnosis parents are in that fight mode. Like, you know, I'm going to change things and I'm going to, and that's fantastic. And your kids need that from you. Um, but when you at the same as in our marriage, like you fight for the big things 
you got to let the little things go. Yep. You know, so yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, that's a that's a really tough age. I, I think the last thing that I would say is in communicating with the parents, I know we always appreciated when we really genuinely felt like the teacher wanted to come alongside us and help. Mm-hmm. And hey, this is a struggle that I'm having. What suggestions do you have? How do I get through better to her? But not on the first day. But not on, no, 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 <laughs> not on the first day. Let the first week go by. Let us all take a nap. That's right. And, and get a little bit better. That's right. Okay. Question number nine. What does Mabry like to watch on the iPad? I see her on the iPad a lot. What is she watching? <laughs> if y'all only knew. So Mabry likes to watch um, nursery rhymes. Yeah. She does wheels on the bus. But catch this, folks. She listens to it in Portuguese. <laughs> Over. And we're all now fluent in this house. Portuguese and Mandarin were pretty on point with. Um, so it's a lot of that. It's a lot of the Wiggles. She still loves the Wiggles. Me too. <laughs> John, I you love know, that she You know John's that. the green Wiggle. Um, so anything with airplanes. So airplane, nursery rhymes, wheels on the bus with the school bus. Fire truck. Fire trucks, songs. Um, but she's just gotten into, it's funny, she will watch um, like a sports center highlight. You know, when the golfer puts the ball and then when it hits the hole and the crowd goes wild, she jumps off the couch <laughs> every single time and she does it over and over and over and over again. And she jumps every single time. She'll watch golf for an hour. She will. Straight up golf. It's so funny. And then there's she's into old school country. She just got into this. Be, well, she's been into John Denver for a long time. Oh, yeah. She's, she's listened to John Denver for a long because time. Because of um, leaving on a jet plane. Right. Because I showed her. Because it talks about an airplane. Yep. So she, and she finds all this stuff on her own. We don't do much for her. Well, we did. So the Willie Nelson kick she's on. Yeah. What's that from? Well, it's because she loves Blue Sky. So he sings Blue Sky. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's where that started. And so then she's just, I guess she's just. I think she downloaded her own album. I don't know. <laughs> she's got. Does she have Apple Music? Every time I look over there, she's listening to John Denver or Willie Nelson or watching golf. She. It's <laughs> so weird, but she'll watch um, speedboats. Yep. And jet skis and stuff like that. Every she doesn't know how to search on her own, but her you know the iPad knows everything that she wants to watch. So sure. That makes so smart. So occasionally she can't find what she's looking for and she'll hand us the iPad and she'll do a sign Yeah. and she'll keep signing until we guess it. And we'll finally guess, Oh, you want to see a lake uh, or you want to see a boat on a lake? And she'll say yes. Mm -hmm. And then we search boat on a lake and then she's good for a while. And then, well, no, then she watches it for five seconds and (laughs) goes back to the wiggles. (laughs) So she's constantly starting whatever she's watching over. Um, Or except unless it, I've, I've seen this unless it's got, hand motions like wills on the bus she'll sit and do all the hand motions which gets her active but if it's not anything that keeps her active like that then it's pretty quick she starts over and of course christmas music christmas music christmas music year round year round all the time which is why we don't put down the, the decorations is that why john that's why and she wears christmas pjs most of the year too 
That is not why, John. That is not why the Christmas decorations are still up. Hey, everybody, the Christmas decorations are up in the shed. Maybe not in the spot they belong, but they're not in the house. They're not in the spot we belong. But here's the deal, folks. The big thing was that the Christmas decorations needed to be down. The little thing was, is they're not where I asked them to be. So I'm going to let that go. There you go. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Until next week. <laughs> All right. So we have two more questions. Two more questions. Okay. Oh, okay. Question, it's weird that we have 11. You would think we would just stop at 10, but it was kind of an even number if we wanted to save those questions for the next show. Okay. So number 10, what is your advice to parenting siblings and teaching them how to be patient and understanding with their special needs sibling? I don't, this is a hard question. So hard. Because here's the thing. You're born with your spirit. You're born with your heart. Um, you know, we have two different ends of the spectrum in our boys. Um, Jack is a nurturer. He um, has a very soft heart. He has a really strong bond with Mabry. Um, Slater's very independent, um, very smart, um, very sensitive. Um, and we can't, you can't teach patience. You can mature into patience, and we're seeing that with Slater more so. You know, for a long time, he didn't want anything to do with Mabry. Mm -hmm. um, and we're seeing him mature and start to interact with Mabry more. Um, he's very, um, both boys are always willing to go out of their way to say hi to somebody if they see they have a disability or something like that. Of course, they've grown up around Blue Sky, so they know all of those guys. Um but I think, too, in our family, and it's different in different families, but, you know, yes, our boys have to do a lot of stuff that other boys don't have to do. I don't feel bad about that. And here's why. Like, they didn't choose. Some people would say, well, they didn't choose this. Why should they have to do that? Well, okay, we didn't choose it either. You and know, Mabry didn't choose it. And Mabry didn't choose it. So guess what? You get to be in this family. And because of that, you might have to drive Mabry around in the golf cart for 15 minutes mm -hmm. and live your best life mm -hmm. while you're doing it. Because guess what? It, you know, and I think they do have an understanding of they don't have it that bad. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's not a lot of complaining about having to do stuff in our house. There never really has been. No. Um, and that's we're pretty... Um, fortunate about that. You know, if we ask Jack to sit with Mabry while we record a podcast, he can do that. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, he doesn't backtalk us or do it. He's got a very sweet heart. Both boys do. Yeah. And they, we don't really ever get, so I don't know if you can teach that. That's what I'm trying to say. Where our focus has gone more towards is when, when we can't give them the attention that they deserve and that we want to give them because of Mabry, we both make it a point to talk to them about that. Yeah. You know, if we had it our way, we would both be at all of their events. Mm -hmm. Jack is uh, in all sorts of sports. He's, he's got games all the time. Most of his games, both of us are at. There are several games where only one of us can go because the other one has to stay with Mabry. And when that happens, one of them was last week. Last Saturday night, Jack had a game late mm -hmm. on a Saturday night and Mabry couldn't go and... One of us needed to stay back. And I had to tell Jack, you know, both of us want to be at your basketball game. You know, because of our household, one of us needs to stay here with her. So I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And so I think by 
being intentional about pointing out to both of them that when we're when we're not giving you the attention, I have a little bit of dad guilt because Mabry is a daddy's girl. And if I'm home, she's attached to me. Our whole, like Jack's whole childhood, it he wanted to go throw the ball with me out in the yard, and I wanted to. But we had to plan times when, hey, okay, Jack, in an hour, I'll go out and play ball with you because I can arrange for Mabry to be either with mommy during that time or something because Mabry was going to be attached at my hip. And if she comes outside with me with Jack, she's going to run off and then we're not throwing the ball anyway. And so things like that have been where more of our focus has been not to raise them to be patient, Mm -mm. but to raise them to know that you're not getting all of the detention, uh, all of the attention that you deserve and that I want to give you, but our house is different and I'm doing the best. And we've just got to teach you and train you that you've got to be okay with that and Mm -hmm. know that you're loved. Yeah. And, you know, just here recently, one of our boys, I won't say which one, tried to start a little pity party about it. And he just got the side eye from me. He knows that is not going to fly. Like we go out of our way to treat each kid individually and equally. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that don't fly. That was for dramatic purposes, for sure. So I don't know if we really answered the question, but that's what, how it's working in our house. Yeah. So is this the last question for this, this episode? This is the last question. And it is, is food a trigger for Mabry? <laughs> and if so, how? So I would start by saying food is not a trigger. I would say that food for her is a comfort and a crutch. When you tell her no, that's the trigger. Absolutely. <laughs> when, when she can't have the food yes. is the trigger. Because if she's sitting, she wants to be snacking. Yeah. Yeah. And and it doesn't go well when she when you take it away from yeah, her. Yeah. So we have the refrigerator locked down. We have the pantry locked down. <laughs> the lock on the freezer is broken, however. So once the, by the time this morning I got up and brushed my teeth and got my glasses on and walked in the living room... Mabry was headfirst into a carton of ice cream. Um, <laughs> Slater walked downstairs and said, uh, "Mabes, what's up? You going through a breakup? You going through a breakup right now?" <laughs> so yes, yeah, she she is a comfort eater. Um, a lot of times too, there's things we just can't keep in our house, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. Um, the boys again have been trained in don't leave the pantry up and we're not we're not doing that because we don't want Mabry to have food it's just for health reasons Mm -hmm. and it's for you know she doesn't need to be eating all day she just doesn't it's for health it's for um you know consistency because she can't do it at school all day Mm -hmm. you know and it's just not healthy to be eating all day and we've set ourselves up for this and it's okay. And, you know, we, it is what it is. It doesn't matter. It's not that we regret it, but there was a five year period where Mabry didn't gain a pound. Right. You know, she just stayed extremely small and yeah. extremely petite. And then she hit a growth spurt and she didn't stay petite anymore. <laughs> and, and so back in the day, her snacking, if it meant st- she would stop this tantrum and she would let us sit and yeah. let us rest or let us accomplish something because we could give her this cookie or whatever it is that she was wanting. 
that would make everything be okay. It was well worth it for us. And we were not, when she was, you know, eight years old, we were not worried about what it was doing mm-hmm. to, to her body or the, or the, what it was teaching her habit wise. Well, now in the past three years, it has become like, hey, we need to help control this because this could get in a bad spot. Well, now when we take that cookie away or say no, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. And we don't have a good answer. And some days we manage it better than others. But it is our biggest fight in this house Yeah, is when she comes home and she tries to get in the pantry and we don't let her. It's a throwdown. But we try our best to, to, to stick because for her own health. And here's the day thing. Someday she gets the cookie mm-hmm. and that's just, you know, we're doing the best we can. And some days we have the fight in us and some days we don't. And some days we say, no, you're not having that cookie. Yeah. And two minutes later, she has the cookie because we can't fight anymore. Yeah. Our whole life can't be a fight. So nope. we got to. Nope. That's it. So that's it. Those for are some this awesome um, episode of Here's the Skinny. Here's the Skinny. And we're going to do it again in episode number 12. So we've already got some questions that we didn't get to in this episode that we'll be able to roll over then. But we always encourage you guys, send us questions. I think you can tell that we're happy to answer anything that comes our way. Yeah. And also, too, and I don't know if we've even told you this, but we had some um, people send us guest requests. Oh, really? Yeah. And so we've had some people say, hey, you should have this person on. And hey, I think this person would be really good. And that is fantastic here's the thing guys we need to know like we're almost we're on episode six Mm -hmm. this season is 12 episodes long then we're gonna take a little break then we're gonna take a break and we're trying to decide if we're gonna do season two or not yeah um i i think we're supposed to um but we need to make sure it makes financial sense for our family um so yeah we're we're kind of going through that right now and so i really i would really like to do season two but we need to make sure it's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, we're hearing stories week after week that are leading us to affirming that we should do a season two and that this podcast is proving to be beneficial for families out there. If there's one family that gets encouraged that says, you guys put a smile on my face today or you helped my family or anything, then to us, you know, it's, we're going to try our hardest. Yes. But yes, we do. We need that affirmation from you guys. We need that help and to make sure it's the right thing for the family. Yeah. But in order for us to do that, we want to be able to reach more families. And so by doing that, you can go on Apple Music. Um, Apple Podcasts. Gosh almighty. Y'all. Maybe okay. has Apple Music, it sounds like. Jeez, oh, Pete. <laughs> okay. Apple Podcasts. Go on Apple Podcasts. Rate our show. Leave us a review. Um, and subscribe. Um, that way, our, our show could automatically download for you. Is that right? Yep. It Is automatically that downloads. It yeah. downloads it once you subscribe. And so here's the thing. That's not because we want to see everybody pat us on the back. That's not the point of that. The point is the more ratings, the more reviews, the more subscriptions, the more relevant it becomes. And if someone goes searching for a podcast focused um, are geared towards special needs families, they would be more likely to find us. And the number one way that podcasts grow and spread is through word of mouth. So just think about the podcasts that you listen to isn't because it randomly hits your phone. It's right. because somebody that you know said, oh, you should go check out this podcast. Yeah, for So sure. that's what we need. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you guys for joining us on today's episode. And what's next week? 
Next week is our friend Gwen Ray. Um, Gwen has a nephew with special needs, and so we get to hear from the aunt's perspective. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It was a fun interview. That was. Gwen is a local Prosper resident here with us, and her and her family are just fantastic. And yes. so it's a really good, just hearing from another person in the village that um, can maybe sh- shed some light and some encouragement. That would be cool. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.